guys, welcome to the Kirk Students Podcast. We're the student ministry from the Kirk Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm Caitlin Adams, and this is where you'll hear sermons from me, Madison Lackey, Grant Giddens, and other guest speakers. Make sure you subscribe and share with anyone who follows Kirk Students. If you want to know more about us or get in touch, visit us at thekirk.com or follow us on Instagram at Kirk Students. Let's go. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. We're uh, three weeks away, but... Um, I kind of, I think of the whole season as Christmas anyways. I don't know if I'm alone in that, but what is the best part about Christmas? What's everybody's favorite part? Shout it out. If you have a favorite part. Family? No school. That's a good part. Jesus, thank you. Gifts? Okay. Church events? Jingle jam? Okay. Thank, thank you for that. Thank you. Christmas songs. Realizing you're not alone in your soul. Wow. I don't even need to speak now. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, those are all wonderful things. Because um, Christmas time is it's a time that we anticipate, right? It's a time that we wait for all, all year long for the most part. I know some people are bigger Christmas people than others. But for the most part, it's a really joyous season that we all get excited about and we look forward to. Um, and we send out Christmas cards like I put up on the screen. And I will say th- these are random strangers Christmas cards that I found on the internet. Um, didn't have time to find real ones. But um, we, you know, put it on a card and we send it out to those that we that we love. Um, and this is, it's kind of what we want our Christmas to look like, right? We want it to look like a pretty Christmas card that we put in the mail and send to others. Um, and Christmas, although it's joyous and really exciting and it's really fun, it also uh, kind of kind of has these high expectations with a season that has so much anticipation. We, we have these really high expectations of how it should feel or, or what it should be like. Um, and that can make it really hard because what do we do when we're, our expectations of our Christmas season don't align with what's really happening or what's really going on in our lives? Um, we, uh, we want it to look like this put-together Christmas card, but some years it just feels short of that, and it falls short of that. Um, so what do we do when Christmas feels messy? Um, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight with our theme of messy Christmas, um, because although um, we want to feel a lot of joy, um, sometimes, sometimes that's not always the mark that we're hitting. Um, So what we're going to do tonight is we are going to break down the Christmas story in Luke, and um, we're going to pull out some parts that we may not always think about when we're first reading it that are really messy about the Christmas story that we know and love. Um, So we are first going to start in Luke 1, 26 through 30. Um, You'll see it on the screen, and then I will read it out to you guys. So we're going to start in Luke 1, and it said, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So, um, right off the bat here at the beginning of this story, it's really awesome what 
is happening to Mary. Like, she has found favor with God. God has chosen her to deliver the Messiah, right? Like, what could be a bigger deal than that, honestly? But it says right there in these words in Luke, it says, Mary was troubled at his words. She was scared because although this is, like, the coolest thing to ever happen to anyone, arguably, um, it's scary Um, because Mary was young. Uh, This kind of put Mary in danger. Um, Mary was probably um, the center of all the town gossip, and uh, Mary's conditions were not ideal, because it also states in this passage uh, that Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. She wasn't already married to him, and so I um, don't think that that was probably the expectation that Mary had out of her engagement season in her life. And not to mention how stigmatized that she probably was. For the people in her town that didn't, you know, didn't know she was pregnant with the Messiah or didn't maybe believe that that was happening, um, it was probably a lot of gossip. Um, You know, we, they were, they had the humanity that we have today, and I I can't imagine um, how she felt in that moment and and kind of what the talk was about and everything that went on uh, throughout that season. Um, and then as the story continues, it keeps getting messier. Um, so we all know she just found out that she, um, she was to, uh, give birth to the Savior. Um, but then as we read on in the story in Luke, we're going to go to Luke 2, 1 through 5. Um, it says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Um, So a little bit about this piece. I feel like in the past I had just kind of brushed past it when I was reading it. But this says a lot right here. So uh, Caesar Augustus, he he issued a census, which we still do today. But today uh, we submit like an online form or you can mail in an envelope. I did that for the first time when I turned an adult a while back, and it was super annoying. Like, it honestly takes forever. It takes a long time to answer those questions. It it can be kind of tedious and annoying. And I get annoyed today just submitting that online form. But back then, they had to go, he had to travel all the way to his hometown to submit this. And I looked it up for me, if that was still the process today, if I were to go down to my hometown without a car, because they didn't have cars, obviously, back then, um, I Google Maps it, it would take me one day and two hours to walk to my hometown to fill out the census. And um, I did a little bit of research. This may not be 100% factual, but it is estimated that it took Mary and Joseph about one week to get to Bethlehem. Took him about one week to walk all the way to Bethlehem. And Mary at this point is nine months pregnant. Um, I can't imagine doing that. Um, it, to get all the way on foot to another town to register while nine months pregnant was, it was no easy task, I'm sure. Um, uh, kind of contributing to, uh, to the mess of this season. Um, and so then, as we read on in Luke 2, 6... It says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. So this is just perfect, right? They had to go fill out the census, kind of annoying. They walked all the way to Bethlehem, maybe took them about a week. And then on top of it all, once they get there, the baby, it's time to be born. 
that is a little bit of a plot twist, and I'm sure what Mary expected from this season of her life, um, and also probably super inconvenient. Um, in today's time, we'd call that having a baby out of network, and that is very expensive and inconvenient, and no one wants to be away from home um, when that's happening. Um, and then we read on to Luke 2, 7, um, and it says, She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Um, and then on top of it all, the guest room was booked up, and they go to a barn of all places. Um, and Jesus uh, takes his first moments in our world in a manger. Um, not, the, not the coziest, not the comfiest place to have a baby um, or to be born. Um, and, uh, and, you know, with all that saying, I know that we kind of went through the Christmas story and pulled out the negatives, but it's honestly so cool to think about because through all of that mess and through all that they went through during Jesus's birth, the greatest story of history happened. The greatest thing that our, the greatest gift our world has ever, ever been given and we've ever received happened through all that mess that was happening that day. Um, and so you, you think that the birth of Jesus our, our Savior, our Messiah, could have gone a little smoother, you know, for a king. But the messy journey, I think, is exactly the point. Because Jesus came to bring hope to a messy world. Um, through this mess, we find the most beautiful story, story ever told, the greatest gift we've ever received. Um, but the hope that, that Jesus brings us in this mess is, is a different kind of hope. So if we look at hope from a worldly sense, just a basic definition of hope that, you can, that I found on the Google Dictionary, the basic definition reads, a feeling of expectation and desire for something good to happen. So, you know, you, you really hope you did well on that test, or you really hope uh, you got, got this thing that you auditioned for, or you really hope that you win this tournament and that... Uh, you get to go on or um, just, you know, whatever it is throughout our days, these little things that we hope for. But a biblic biblical definition of hope is different. So uh, the biblical definition of hope is a confident expectation and longing for promised blessings. And so the key word here is confidence. The hope we have in Jesus is unwavering. So uh, when, we, when we hope in Jesus, we aren't hoping in the changing circumstances of our world, um, but in an unchanging God. And so when we know that, when we know that Jesus has came and saved and that God has goodness in store for us, even when it feels messy right now. So, so the hope we have in Jesus kind of adds an extra layer. So maybe, you know, you hope that you got that thing that you auditioned for, but we know that even if we don't, God's goodness prevails, and that, and that the goodness that God has for us is better, and, and we cling to that hope. Or if we, if we didn't do great on that test, we know that God's goodness prevails, and that he's holding us close, and that, that, he, that he still got us, that he hasn't left us or forgotten us yet. The hope we have in Jesus and the hope that was born in that messy story that day is so much bigger than what our world could ever give and bring. And that is thrilling to me. My favorite Christmas song and my favorite line. 
um, is Oh Holy Night and uh, the line when it says, A Thrill of Hope. I think it's so cool to look at hope that way in the Christmas story because it is thrilling. Uh, when, when things feel like it's a mess, when Christmas isn't what you expected it to be or what you wanted it to be, the hope that Jesus brings and the goodness that God has in store for our life, it's still thrilling because it's still going to happen because God doesn't change and his promises have never changed. Um, and, that is, and that is what we get to cling to as Jesus followers, um, which I just think is so cool um, and so important to think about. Um, and we learn even more about this type of hope in Romans. Um, and so I'm going to read Romans 5, 1 through 5. Um, where Paul is is talking a little bit about uh, the hope that Jesus brings. Um, And it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. So, um, to highlight that, that last verse, so it says, we know suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Um, and so, the kind of hope we have through Jesus, we, we feel even in our sufferings, it states. Um, and so, and, and then it says it'll produce character, and then character, hope. Um, but the character that it's talking about is not just some constellation prize for, for, suf- for our sufferings. It is becoming more like Jesus. That's the kind of character it's talking about. Through these suffer- sufferings, through this mess, that we will become more like Jesus. Um, and then understanding more of God's goodness, even in the mess. Because our hope grows when we... Um, when we align ourselves with, with the best that, that God wants for our life. Um, and so uh, during small groups today, I, I really want us to uh, talk about our Christmas season and our joys and also maybe a little bit of our mess, um, the big things, the small things, um, and just kind of find the hope and the joy of uh, Jesus this Christmas, no matter, no matter how messy it feels, no matter which parts of it didn't align with our expectations. Um, and that and that we can find hope in becoming more like Jesus throughout this season. Um, so if you guys would uh, pray with me. Lord, thank you for bringing us here together today. Um, as we walk through our Advent season, uh, no matter no matter where we find ourselves, um, no matter no matter what mess we might feel throughout this season, Lord, uh, just just help us to feel your hope in your presence. Um, we know that you're there in the mess, Lord. Uh, the mess is your, your favorite place to work in our hearts. Um, so, so help us to lean into that and, and just uh, help us to become more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, let's sing this together before we go to small groups. I'm caught up in my fear. Hopelessly lost 